began in healthy-looking pigs months, perhaps years ago. A new coronavirus spread silently within herds. The Event 201 scenario is fictional. Today's scenario is going to simulate meetings of a multi-stakeholder group called the Pandemic Emergency Board. This board has been urgently convened by the World Economic Forum. This meeting of some of the world's most powerful elite took place in 2019. We're at the start of what's looking like it will be a severe pandemic. And there are problems emerging that can only be solved by global business and governments working together. The mission? To provide recommendations to deal with the major global challenges arising in response to an unfolding pandemic. Less than 12 months later, and... Stay at home, that is the order tonight from four state governors as the coronavirus pandemic spread. Well, the World Economic Forum just held another meeting. This one to discuss the coming cyber attack. They're predicting a catastrophic one will occur in the next two years. Now, everything these global elites discussed pre-COVID soon became our reality. We could be looking at double the number of cases in one week if we are not able to stop the spread. We must do all we can to stop the spread of the virus. It changed our world, our personal freedoms, forever. Tonight, does lightning strike twice? What do they know about our future? Is a cyber attack imminent? And if it occurs, will it be what globalists need to destroy our free will once and for all? Tonight, the COVID blueprint, the next crisis globalists will use to control you. Hello, America. Beck, Glenn Beck. <laughs> I'm kind of your uh, poor man's James Bond tonight. <laughs> I don't have a Bond girl or even a martini. I'm lucky to get water. But Omega tuxedo. Here's the reason why I'm dressed like a penguin tonight. I thought if we're going to talk about the end of humanity and, you know, the giant uh, workhouses that are going to be built for us by the World Economic Forum, I thought, you know, how do I explain this in a way where everybody doesn't want to hang themselves after the end of it? Right. Am I right? Yeah. So give me a second. I used to think we were living in some sort of Orwell's 1984, but I actually think we are, we're experiencing Ian Fleming, James Bond books that maybe never made it to print. Let me start here. Explain Klaus Schwab. I think his father was a Nazi, and I mean, and he even sounds spooky. And then you look at him, and he's talking about all of these things that are so terrifying. Ian Fleming could not have come up with a better Bond villain. The only thing that he needs is a like a white cat. You know what I mean? Yes. Now, have you been watching what's been going on in Davos in the last couple of weeks? This is the annual World Economic Forum meeting a couple of weeks ago. And it actually coincided with the release of their 2023 global cybersecurity outlook. <gasps> what are the odds? And as everything that goes on at the WEF, I don't think it was a coincidence. What do they know that we don't know? Is there some big cyber event on the horizon that 
maybe we should worry about or at least know about. The last time that I remember, anyway, that the global elites were all up in arms in panic was back in 2019. Now, I'm not saying that this was organized at all. This was just an amazing coincidence. It was called Event 201. You can watch it on YouTube, believe it or not. They're proud of it. Now, many of the people who are now involved with the WEF ran a pandemic war game, and they simulated global government's response to an outbreak of a coronavirus. Well, what's crazy is just a few months after this, everything they said would happen, happened. And everybody around the world could coordinate what their response could be with the public-private partnership. Ah, uh, Pfizer, you lucked out. The mandates, the vaccines, the revival of big government, all of it. The narrative pivoted from things like Agenda 21 and the Paris Accords to the group. Almost said it. Sorry, YouTube won't allow me to say it. The amazing do over a system where the elites of the world, most of the same men and women that gather in Davos every single year, retain all of the power and people like us. We're just workers. That's it. We are absolutely expendable. We're workers. Climate change was taking too long to get there, but the pandemic provided everything they wanted in a fraction of the time. And the next problem they're talking about is going to happen even faster. I mean, assuming that coincidentally what they're planning and what they're talking about happens, what would the odds be? Now, tell me this doesn't sound like a Bond movie, because it's insane. Who's Bond always fighting? A global, shadowy organization that nobody believes exists. It's so shadowy. Oh, right, they can control everything, called Spectre. It's probably the most parodied organization in pop, his, uh, pop culture history, but the World Economic Forum appears to have said, ah, screw it, we're Spectre, that's our business model. And uh, for actually some good context for understanding how the WEF operates, uh, let me show you some things. Uh, one of the biggest questions about them that I've been seeing, you know, is like, God, what, what, are they, what, what are they doing? I mean, and they don't have any power, right? In James Bond's uh, From Russia with Love, there is a scene where Spectre's leader explains the meaning of the aquarium in his office. And so Klaus Schwab's, I mean, uh, Blofeld talks about how one of these three fish, one has the correct strategy, two of the fish will fight, but the third will hang back and just watch. He will wait for the right moment. And after the chaos is over, take advantage. Wow. Now, we also saw that same concept um, in another Bond film, You Only Live Twice, where Spectre tried to incite a war between the United States and the Soviet Union. Wow, what a quit. That sounds familiar. Um, oh, by the way, complete coincidence. The first lady, here, here she is, speaking um, on Ukraine at the World Economic Forum just a couple of weeks ago. Hey, they really need help. 
Can I ask, why is the world so very interested in Ukraine, the most corrupt nation on planet Earth? Well, last week, the United States and our Western allies pledged 321 tanks to help Ukraine defeat Russia. Now, tanks are offensive weapons. They're not defensive, they're offensive weapons. And offensive weapons used to be taken off the table, you know? But the situation is rapidly turning into a no-holds-barred escalation. And you'd think to yourself, do our leaders today, the same leaders that faithfully link up in Davos just to ski every year, do they want a larger war or a global war? Now, the comparison to Bond, James Bond, is uncanny. Spectre kept a vague organizational structure that concealed their true motivations. They used virtuous sounding covers to make absolutely everybody think they actually cared. In Thunderball, they uh, used a front organization called um, the International Brotherhood of Stateless Persons. Oh my gosh, they cared so much about aiding refugees. How familiar does that sound? I'm telling you, we're living in a James Bond movie. Now, if this is not the flagship issue for every progressive in every country in the world, I give up. Check this out. Every year in Davos, Davos our elite overlords, after a day of skiing and eating on things that we couldn't afford, they actually pretend to be refugees. Did you know this? They travel through fake border facilities and show their fake papers. You couldn't find better theater on Broadway. Eh, well, you actually can. But anyway, we know they can't. They don't give a crap about the people they're dressing up to mimic. But the theater is what's really important here. Meanwhile, amongst all of their faux virtue, Ian Fleming Spectre had their hands in everything. See, this sounds familiar. Spectre had its hand in pharmaceuticals, water, food supplies, human trafficking. Hmm. Basically, anything that could make money and give people power. This is the World Economic Forum. And we're the two fish fighting in Blofeld's aquarium. Klaus Schwab recently said that we are on the brink of, quote, a polycrisis. Oh, there's a new word. That's a crisis that has many facets to it. It's like a sparkling diamond. Crisis with the food supply, crisis with the supply chain, crisis with energy, and with social stability and even war. I got news, all of those crises, just like Spectre, were created by them. So what's the next crisis they're looking to solve? Well, I told you earlier that this year's WEF meeting uh, coincided with their 2023 Global Cybersecurity Outlook. Ooh, we are going to be in trouble because something nefarious is afoot. Good thing we have the global leaders to take care of us. This one could be the final move, and I'll show you why later in the show. But just like Spectre, the World Economic Forum's true power is a little ambiguous. I mean, how many times have you heard, oh, those people, they don't have any real power. It's just a bunch of old dudes talking, you know. Gives them a chance to order up some high-dollar hookers in an exotic European location. 
Okay, so maybe there's truth to the latter part of that statement. Davos recently saw a spike in very high-class prostitutes as hundreds of elites flew in to attend their annual meeting. Now, high-dollar hookers by night, but virtuous refugee actors by day. So if they don't have any real power, how is it that everything proposed each year at their annual meeting somehow magically becomes national policy in countries all over the world? And for the people that use this excuse, can I ask, how do you explain this? What we are very proud of now wow. is the young generation oh, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. <gasps> so yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I we know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of uh, half of this oh. cabinet, are for our actually young global leaders of the world economy right. form. And that's true in Argentina too. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. That's yeah. true in Argentina as well. Yeah. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France. That's fantastic. I mean, tell me this isn't Blofeld Inspector. He's actually bragging about a global offer operation to infiltrate governments. He even has the stones to say that his group has penetrated the cabinets. Does anybody else think of rape when you hear the word penetrated? I'm just saying. George Soros is another frequent contributor and speaker at the World Economic Forum. I love him. He's another great example. I mean, talk about penetrating the cabinets of global leaders. Matt Palumbo in the New York Post uh, pointed out that Soros people were all over the, George Bi uh, the uh, Joe Biden presidential transition team. Soros had 17 people embedded in his transition. This included teams, you know, focusing on the State Department, Department of Defense, the Interior, the Treasury. And a few of those people went directly into the cabinet including Neera Tandon, Ron Klain, Sam Berger, Anthony Blinken. Meanwhile, just like Spectre, the World Economic Forum and their goons have their hands in everything. Big Pharma, artificial intelligence, energy production, food supply. Oh, and speaking of food supply, just a side note. Has anybody noticed their uh, fascination the elites have with wanting the rest of us to eat bugs all the time? Shaken, not stirred. The European Union just approved cricket powder as an alternate for ingredients of several food products, including flour and bread. One company is making this. It's named Cricket One. It was given the contract, and they're based in Asia. We started looking into them. You know, what's funny is they have two major investors. One of those is a company called 500 Global. Back in 2020, they announced partnership with the World Economic Forum. Now, Cricket One has the sole contract to provide bug powder to the EU. Now, if that's not Spectre-level stuff right there, I don't know what is. So what exactly does the WEF really want? Well, they say they want governments and corporations just to work together in public-private partnerships. Now, you're not really included in any of this. Why? Asks the future slave. 
but it's really just 21st century fascism, except one that enslaves all the people except the elites. Now, their society, they want a society that is subdued and constantly monitored. monitored. China, China is the new model. That's not good. Yeah, but they're going to they're going to monitor everything for your safety, of course. And everything has to be digitized and tracked. What does that even look like? Well, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. And I'll show you when we come back. I want to tell you about the World Economic Forum's vision for what life will be like in the near future. And when I say the near future, I don't mean flying cars near future. I mean mm, in the next five years or so. They have a vision of what you look like, and this is it. Are you going to show it? It's your face. There it is. Your face, a digital readout from artificial intelligence powered by fa facial recognition software. You want to talk about being a number? There you are. Everywhere you walk, everywhere you drive, everything you do tracked in real time. Everything that you think or dream, an algorithm scans your data and sometimes it feels it's necessary to alert the authorities. These images were taken from the World Economic Forum's own website. More specifically, their global alliance to create smart city governance. In other words, how do we take this policy of making every city into a prison? Uh, how do we take that policy and, 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 or that concept and make it into policy, make it actually happen? Like, hurry. We know where this is leading, but we also know how they look up to the system being built in China. Here's what it looks like in China, communist China, not sometime in the future, but today. Watch. Everything happened in the, uh, in the public can be record. We can know exactly what happened in every second, in every corner of the city. This is uh, a video stream in a subway station by our smart camera. So we can capture every phase in real time. See like some criminal person is out there. There is a the red box. So there is a warning to the police station that there is a criminal person. So I need to locate them. So when it looks out onto a crowd, it's tracking all these faces and it's cross-checking those faces against what? Criminal database. And how many fugitives have been apprehended through this system? Over 3,000 cases in, in nationwide. Wow, wow. Did you notice how the images showed off by the Chinese here look nearly identical to the ones I would show you from the World Economic Forum? And China has been somewhat, um, somewhat less coy than usual. They have an interesting name for this program. They call it Skynet. Yeah, they really called it Skynet, as in the Terminator. Oh, my gosh. The West is already developing public-private partnerships to make all of this happen, and it gets worse. The Economic Forum, as usual, is leading the charge. But our corporations like Apple, they are coming out with an AR uh, device that will track you and scan your eyes. This is so dangerous, so dangerous. We'll talk about that probably a little bit more next week because we're going into AI week next week. Now, 
They announced a partnership with Interpol to war game how to integrate facial recognition technology with law enforcement. But remember, the WEF doesn't have any real power, right? FBI Director Christopher Wray was at the WEF meeting two weeks ago where he said, and I quote, the level of uh, collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has made significant strides. Yay! Even in normal times, I would say, what, what did he just say? But how much worse does it sound now after the last six years of what we know what the FBI has been up to? They targeted a candidate for president, his staff, then went after him you know, during his presidency and later raided his home after his presidency. What would they be willing to do to you? You're a faceless number. The CEO of cybersecurity company Cloudfare announced at the World Economic Forum meeting that he was looking for, quote, guidance from the FBI. Big tech, law enforcement, the government, and organizations like the WEF are partnering. Just think of the National Security Agency partnering with Google and Amazon, which they're already doing. Ah, but I don't have anything to hide. It's not just on the federal level either. Even local police departments are partnering with AI and facial recognition companies. You may not be doing anything wrong now. Here, here's what. Did you buy a, a gun with a stabilizing brace? Did you do that? You bought it. It was legal. In what, about 115 days? You'll be a felon if you own that. A felon. So you're not doing anything wrong. You have nothing to worry about here. Don't worry about it. CNN pointed out how many cities at first had banned facial recognition technology with their police departments. But now cities all over the country are reversing course. Why? Because of the crime problem that these people created. So what's next? The new 1984 civilian city monitor who's you know, been vaccinated or not? Here is the former Prime Minister Tony Blair two weeks ago at the World Economic Forum. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple. There'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? By the way, don't they say a pandemic comes one every 100 years? Why are we so worried about the next pandemic? Should be in the next 100 years. Even the word privacy, it's, it's, it's never mentioned by these people. Does it sound like they intend to make your rights and privacy a priority? Anonymity breaks their entire system. And I'm going to go into this later, but tracking our finances is probably their top priority. And they're already finding ways around the Constitution to make that happen. The Wall Street Journal recently reported on a money survey program that mostly nobody knew about. The Arizona State Attorney General's Office set up a nonprofit called the Transaction Record Analysis Center to monitor the flow of funds between the U.S. and countries all over the world. It set up a database that was accessible by more than 600 law enforcement entities, federal and local. I mean, why bother looking for, you know, probable cause, obtaining a warrant? 
Just go around all that stuff and use this nonprofit's website. All of this is creepy, but this is just the beginning. All signs point to the WEF's vision of society as our future. But Americans are not going to invite Skynet without putting up a fight. So it's going to take another COVID or pandemic or crisis to convince people, oh my gosh, it's so bad. What should we do, overlords? That's how it's going to happen. It'll take a major crisis. And guess what? The World Economic Forum just made another big prediction. They say it will occur before the next two years are up. Wow. And I'll show you what that is when we come back. I want to show you Klaus Schwab back in 2020, shortly after the COVID outbreak. Watch. It is important oh, yes. to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons the cybersecurity community can draw and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic. Yeah. I mean, actually, he's not wrong. The effects of a major global cyber event would dwarf anything the pandemic did. But I haven't seen the global elite this up in arms over something since maybe, uh, I don't know, COVID. Klaus almost sounds like he's certain something is going to happen. Let me remind you, Event 201, the coronavirus war game back in 2019. COVID followed literally a few months later. Now... I'm not saying anything was manufactured, but I'm not not saying that either. Consider what all of them knew then that we didn't. Many of them knew gain-of-function research was reaching an all-time high. They knew that the labs in China were being funded by people all over the world, including the United States. They also probably knew that Wuhan, that lab in communist China, probably not the most reliable partner in all of this. These are the things they knew that when we began to find out, they denied, and now we know are true. With all of this information, they made plans for how they would respond. Event 201 was that one of those planning sessions. Watch it online. It's amazing. Lockdowns, mandates, the erosion of freedom, all of it. The amazing do-over was the long-term game plan for how they'd use big government to take advantage. So... What do they know now about a major cyber attack that we don't? And speaking of war games like Event 201, have you seen what's been happening lately? First, let's start with the Bank of England. They recently held a cyber attack war game involving over 150 banks and companies. This occurred within months of another cyber attack war game with NATO. Both the Bank of England and NATO worries about the same thing, catastrophic attack on the global financial system. Then just a few months later, the IMF and 10 major countries led another cyber attack war game also concerning the global financial system. Wow, somebody has it out for the, can you imagine all of those banks and you've got all your dollars in those banks and they could be, we should have a digital currency. All of these war games occurred in the mid to late uh, 21. 
it, um, it, it almost appears like they were expecting something to happen very soon. Again, what do they know that we don't know? Anyone else getting some major event 201 vibes? You know what I'm saying? It gets worse. Two weeks ago in Davos, the World Economic Forum made a very bold prediction. They believe, and I'm quoting, a far-reaching and catastrophic cyber event could happen in the next two years. Wow, that's oddly specific. Their solution is similar to what they wanted after COVID. Quote, this is a global threat and it calls for global response and enhanced and coordinated action. That's great. Let me translate bullcrap in English. Public-private partnerships and the erosion of liberties and freedom for you. Central control and big government. Now, if they're serious about this, and they certainly sound like they are, we're going to start to see, see action soon. Or have we missed it? Let me show you a document from the WEF's Global Security Outlook report. They note that it would take two years for laws and regulations to come into effect. Now, that's an oddly specific time frame, given they're predicting in two years a catastrophic uh, shutdown will happen. And remember, as it was with COVID, these catastrophic events always lead to less freedom and more control for them. Their utopian society is a massive surveillance state. Everything is monitored in real time, all the time. So, are there any clues on what we should expect? Well, actually, yeah, they say the quiet parts out loud. The World Economic Forum mentions a security protocol that they want implemented called Zero Trust. What's that? Well, let me quote from the document. Zero trust security, quote, eliminates implicit trust and ensures that any user, even those who are supposed to be on the inside of an organization's network, is authenticated and validated at every turn. So online anonymity, thing of the past. Your identity will be constantly verified and tracked. Your location data will also be constantly tracked where you go, what you buy, who you talk to, your browsing history, what kind of food you eat, are you using the new cricket flour, your vaccination status, all of these things will make up your zero trust profile. Now that sounds a little Orwellian. I don't have anything to hide. No way this could happen here, right? I mean, it's the WEF for crying out loud. They don't have any real power or influence on policy, remember? Well, Biden has made heads turn with a sheer number of executive orders that he's signing. And with high volume comes the added benefit of us not reading everything he's throwing out there. In mid-2021, Exactly the same time the entire world was running cyber attack war games, Biden just happened to have an idea and he signed the executive order on improving the nation's cybersecurity. That's great. Now, in that order, because we read it, Biden states, quote, the private sector must adapt to the continuing changing threat environment and ensure its products are built and operate securely and partner with the federal government to foster a more secure cyberspace. Oh, so tech companies, through executive order, 
are told they need a partner. Wow, that's great. Now, they also have some solutions for the public-private partnerships. Some just a little suggestions. A zero trust security, you know, that WEF protocol thing. Yeah, that's mentioned 11 times in his executive order. Now, I get how something like zero trust would be good for things like government systems and things like that. What concerns me now is how this is being pushed on the private sector. Why does the government and WF want to partner with private companies on this? I mean, as everything, and I mean everything, is going digital, how does this brave new world reconcile personal liberty and freedom? Ah, doesn't. Whether it's the U.S. government, the IMF, Bank of England, NATO, they all seem to be worried about a cyber attack on the financial system. But what does that tell us about their next moves? I'll show you when we come back. Okay, I want to talk to you about you being a hero. I really truly believe this audience is a collection of Oscar Schindlers. You've done so much good work. You've freed people that were marked for death by terrorists in three, four different countries already. Um, you have saved last year about 60,000 babies, and you probably didn't even know it, babies um, that would be aborted. See, the overturning of Roe only made the left more ravenous for the blood of the innocent. It is so evil. We need to be more ravenous to save them. Save them. People ask me all the time, what can I do to, to fight back? The biggest thing, I truly believe this, is for us to be on the side of God. What would he um, uh, like and, uh, and honor more than those people who are in fighting with everything they have to save his children. For $28, you can introduce an at-risk baby to their mother. It's cost of a dinner to save a life. Once she sees the, um, the ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's twice as likely to choose life. And because of you, she can. Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion, and every day their clinics will save 150 babies. Every day. Be a hero. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Every government in the world and every central bank, every politician knows that the ultimate lever of power and control is money. For the amazing do-over to happen, the government needs to be able to direct our money in directions that they prefer. That means away from things like oil and gas, meat and guns, and towards, you know, I don't know, sticks and stones and cricket flour. Things like solar, um, uh, uh, solar power and away from natural gas. I showed you the story a few times in the past where the Bank of England addressed the elephant in the room. Central bank digital currencies could be programmable and the state could turn off the purchases based on the, quote, socially beneficial outcomes that they identify. So if those in power don't agree that you should have that, 
you can't buy it. There's no judge. There's no jury. You just can't do it. It won't work. A digital dollar will also be the mother of all surveillance tools. Consider the possibilities. The government could know everything you buy, when you bought it, where you bought it, whether you take medication, drink alcohol, the kind of car that you finance. It all sounds crazy, but it is deeper than that. They will know you better than you know yourself. In the end, just Google the end of free will. Just read what really very intellectual people are talking about. You won't know the difference between your will and their will. Free will will be gone. It sounds crazy, but in the case of an impending or even ongoing major cyber attack, it will be sold for your safety. And if we're following the WEF's proposed timeline, they have two years to make their preparations. If a digital dollar is coming, it is coming fast. All of this is coming fast. You know, I said that um, there's going to come a time where you won't be able to keep up with the technological advances. We are now in that time period. It's exponential growth. Next week will blow your mind. Make sure you listen to the radio show and watch next Wednesday's special because you have to know this stuff because it's coming whether you like it or not. And it's happening right now. Now, I'm not sure how this has flown under the radar, but the Biden administration is already laying the groundwork to digitize the dollar. You think we're having a problem with cybersecurity? What happens when everything is digitized and there is no paper money, nothing? The White House uh, just published four months ago the policy objectives for a U.S. central bank digital currency. There's very little actual information here. It mostly says, you know, they want it to work out well. We want it to be safe. But did you know the process had gone this far? This is, this is even behind. What they're telling you they're researching, they've been researching for years. The framework is being built right now. All they need is the reason, the major threat or the perceived threat to implement it. Remember, two-year timeline. The Federal Reserve is also game planning how all of this will work. And I love this admission. Quote, while the level of personal identifiable information collected from users will vary wildly uh, depending on the implementation, a general pur purpose CBDC would likely involve the collection and storage of sensitive PII and information about users' financial transactions. Huh. So it seems like they know this will be a massive surveillance tool in the hands of the federal government. They know it. It's not a question, even though you're going to hear people in the government try and make it sound benign or deny it's a conspiracy theory. It's all here. Check this out from the Atlantic Council. Quote, a government-administered digital currency system could, depending on how it is designed, collect, centralize, and store massive amounts of, of sensitive data about individual Americans and granular details of millions of everyday transactions. For example, a, CD, a CBDC could contain large volumes of personally identifiable information ranging from what prescription drugs you buy or where you travel each day. But don't worry, it's all for your safety, of course. China can do all of this with their people whenever, however they want. But in the West, 
global elites need private partners to do it. And there are already companies lining up to lend a hand. This is a recent white paper by MasterCard that is basically a big sales pitch to countries looking to create digital currencies. In the report, they point out that cyber attacks are accelerating. Oh my gosh, we're going to have a major one soon. And that the COVID pandemic rapidly accelerated the adoption of digital technologies by several years. The key, per MasterCard, is the digital currency with, quote, ecosystem-level monitoring tools that are global in scope. Trans translation, mass surveillance. As an example, MasterCard describes a recent partnership with the UK where they monitored over 100 million accounts that turned, in turn linked over 375 million individual payment account relationships. That information was then used to charge people with crimes. Wow. And that's pretty scary, consider, considering what soon might make up a criminal. What happens if you buy too much gas? Or you have a gas stove that you're using? Or you buy a gun the government doesn't like? Well, you will be traced and monitored, and they'll know everything you buy and everything you do. And if they don't like it, they just turn your digital dollars off. Now, consider what MasterCard did with the UK and listen to one of the final sentences of this report. Quote, MasterCard is eager to partner with central banks to help them achieve their CBDC objectives. Gang, 1984 is coming and it could be here in the next two years. Private companies are racing to the government's door and opting in. But it's not all bad news. If you don't unplug, if you don't become overwhelmed and think you're powerless and buy into their lies, we know about all these things because there's never been a bigger magnifying glass on what's going on in Davos. People like you are getting the word out, and it's translating into real action. Remember, people didn't even know what ESG was a year ago. We published our book, and you got the word out, and it spread everywhere. Now, 25 state attorney generals recently sued the Biden administration over their new ESG rules. I have no doubt that this audience played a huge role. Organizations like the 1792 Exchange are beginning to pop up. They analyze a company's policies and practices to determine if they're likely to deny services, boycott, or divest based on someone's views or beliefs. A lot of damage has been done over the past few years, but we are starting to fight back. And the, when the next big catastrophe happens, whether cyber attack or something else, we are more prepared now than we were just last year to protect our freedom. On today's radio um, broadcast and podcast, I spoke to Whitney Webb. She is, I believe, one of the best and most courageous journalists in the world. And she was talking about how um, the WHO, the World Health Organization, is... Um, has a plan to grab all of the power all over the world for health. And our government and governments all around the West are supporting it and helping it. And she laid out what that will mean.
Uh, for instance, they're looking in now with um, uh, the Welcome Trust. They are now looking into um, what's causing all of the depression. And they're not looking at what you and I would look at and try to solve. They're looking at how can we get people to be motivated so they won't stop working. Okay, They're in a different world. It is Blofeld and the kitty cat. I mean, it's scary stuff. Next week, I'm really concentrating on AI um, because there are products that are coming out now that you need to know what they are doing. Um, uh, one of them, the new AR VR glasses uh, from Apple. You cannot buy or let anyone you know buy a pair of these, and you'll fully exp you'll fully understand next week. Um, you know, I've talked about AI for 30 years. It's here now, and you need to understand it. That's all next week. Please pass these episodes on to a friend. From Dallas, good night, America.